fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What's up? Hey, you finally made it to the end of the week. Happy Friday to you. Pat yourself on the back. I know you're excited to finally get to the end of the week. It's much needed and vastly due. Welcome into the program, and holy cow. Are we going to cram more into this program than what we've ever done in the past? Welcome in. This is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country on multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. Welcome aboard your Millennial General, reporting for duty like we do every single day. Boy, there's a lot to talk about today. We have... The official election for the Republican National Committee as Ronna McDaniel has been nominated for the fourth consecutive time to be chairwoman of the RNC. What does that mean for the Republican Party? Are you okay with that? As there were some elected officials who were calling for some leadership changes. And is she the establishment or will she be holding up those conservative values within the Republican Party? So we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Obviously, it's a Friday, so we want to have some fun today as well. Bottom of the hour, definitely a different kind of conversation that we've never had on this show before. If you listen to this program in any way, shape, or form, you know this is a political talk show. We talk mostly current events and topical issues of what's going on in Washington, D.C., and government uh, legislative issues around the country. But for a Friday... We try to be a little bit lighter, have a little bit more fun, and we're going to do something a little bit different today. Bottom of the hour, we have uh, an author by the name of Vincent Tolman. Now, imagine if you will, this is 20 years ago. He finally wrote the book about an experience he had 20 years ago. Imagine if you will, you take something that's poisonous, you die, clinically die, in a public bathroom for 45 minutes before anybody realizes that you're dead. They call the EMS, and you are dead. You get put in a body bag. You get confirmed dead by uh, uh, first responders. You're in a body bag. You're in the EMS, and two almost two hours later, they try to revive you back out of the whim, and you come back to life. And what his book is, author of the book Life After Death, explains what he saw and what he experienced on the other side. Right? Got it crazy. Yeah. So we'll do that coming up in just a little bit at the bottom of the hour. We'll have some fun with that going into the final Friday afternoon here on the program. To kick off the program, though, uh, we have another interview as well, so we're going to get right into it. I am really honored and happy to have this guy in the program. It's been a long time since we've had him on the show, as he is a personal friend, at least he has been for a while. He's our former congressman from the district I live in here in the state of Kansas, from the 4th Congressional District of Kansas. He's also the former director of the CIA under the Trump administration. He's also the former U.S. Secretary of State under the Trump administration and author of the new book, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. We got to have the privilege and honor to sit down with former U.S. Secretary of State Mike uh, Mike Pompeo, who just released his book a couple days ago. We were able to uh, be one of the first ones to get him on the program to talk about his new book and some of the latest current events. This, my friends, is Mike Pompeo right here on The Voice of Reason. Secretary, how are you, my friend? I'm so good. And it's great to be back with you. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, it's so good to chat with you. It's been so long since we've chatted. I got to tell you, between your book, what's going on in Washington, D.C., we're starting off 2023 with kind of a bang, aren't we? (laughs) Quite a year so far, and it has been quite a two years, too, watching President Biden undo. 
a oh, significant man. piece of the good work we did for the American people. So, yes, lots to chat about. Yeah, there's definitely lots to talk about. I mean, the Biden administration, first off the bat, as soon as they got in there, so many executive orders that reversed the Trump policies. I know you talk about a lot of this in your book, but talk about some of the stuff you worked on specifically. You worked with the Trump administration, obviously, with the CIA and with the Secretary of State's office. And where we're at today and kind of the differences, because we're starting to see quite a bit of a difference between the two admins. Well, I'll give you the first one, maybe the most significant uh, when I was Secretary of State, and I write about this in Never Give an Inch, when I was a Secretary of State, I went to Mexico, made the case to the Mexican government uh, that they weren't going to send caravans up through our border, and we turned the magnet off. We we figured out how to control our southern border and to protect American sovereignty and the American people. And within, goodness, any, a couple of hours of President Biden being in office, they ripped the Band-Aid off what had become known as Remain in Mexico. Uh, when they did that, you can see the result. Uh, sub 4 million people over the last 24 months coming across our border illegally. Uh, wait, 3, 3 million plus people in Kansas, 4 million illegal immigrants in 24 months. Really quite stunning after we had that resolved. And you know, the other one is the Middle East. Uh, the Obama administration had cuddled up to the Iranians, the world's largest state sponsor of terror. Yeah. And we flipped the script there. Uh, we built out peace agreements between Israel and four nations. We defended our friend and ally in the nation of Israel, and we made the risk that some kid from Kansas who signs up to be a Marine or a sailor or a soldier uh, will ever have to go risk their lives in the Middle East. That, that was fundamentally better, decent for America, and I'm really proud of what we did. Yeah, amen to that. Regarding the immigration issue, isn't it sad that we have all these quote-unquote immigration laws at the federal level to not allow just people to waltz across the border and make sure that we're secure and safe? And yet it all hinges, it seems like, over the last year or so, the debate on Title 42 regarding COVID-19 vaccinations and the spread of an illness. That's what's holding off this, the mass flood of individuals at the border outside of all the laws that we already have on the books. I find that quite fascinating. It is fascinating that the Biden administration has seized on this Title 42 thing. It is illegal immigration. It is called that for a reason. It was illegal long before COVID was ever known about. And so uh, to, to turn to that as sort of your policy tool, or as Vice President Harris says, um, we want to go send a bunch of money to Central America to solve, quote, the root problem, uh, the root causes, end of quote. Uh, that's, just, that's just fundamentally not speaking the truth to the American people. We, we know how to secure our southern border. We did it for the last two, two and a half years of the Trump administration. We can get back to it again. We simply need to return to the set of policies that I worked on and that President Trump delivered for the American people. Well, yeah, and it seems like it's gotten bipartisan support. I mean, obviously, we had Myra Flores become a congresswoman for a short stint down on the border as the first Mexican-born naturalized woman to be a congresswoman in the United States. We have Hispanics all over the country that want the border sealed because they're tired of the cartels coming up here and causing issues as well. It's a common-sense issue, but yet I don't think Democrats quite grasp it if they even show up to the border in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, You hear from... Uh, Mexican uh, Americans all the time. They don't want this Ill- Ill- illegal immigration either. Frankly, it hurts the least amongst us the most. Yeah. Uh, this administration simply refuses to do any basic enforcement responsibility. It is, in fact, their uh, duty to get it right. You, you, you nailed it. Um, they are not even trying. So this, this now borders on intentional, and it is really dangerous. Not just the people who are coming across, uh, but what they're bringing, whether that's fentanyl or human trafficking. Or in a handful of cases, we've seen people on the terror watch list get into our country. 
we, we know how to fix this problem. We simply need to get back to what we know works. Yeah, amen to that. Let's go abroad for a second. You had mentioned the Middle East. What's the biggest threat in your opinion right now? Is it Iran? Is it the Middle East, the tearing up of the Iranian deals that you guys had worked on under the Trump administration? Or is it the ongoing conflict with Russia and the Ukraine right now with Russia threatening nuclear weapons, withholding hostage half the energy and the oil production that they have? What's the threat to the United States right now, do you think? So, so those are all serious. And in Never Give an Inch uh, that came out yesterday, um, I talk about how we dealt with each of those. It's, uh, it's remarkable how much we've fallen back in just 24 months. Um, but I would rank as threats from outside uh, the greatest by far as the Chinese Communist Party. And it's something I worked on personally. Uh, I spend a good part of the book telling some great stories, some fun stories, but some serious stuff about the fact that the Chinese Communist Party is inside the gate. This is not just about Beijing or Shanghai or Xinjiang. This is about Houston, Texas, where they were running the largest spying operation ever in the history of the United States. This is about Wichita State University or the University of Kansas or K-State, where the Chinese Communist Party has enormous influence by having so many of their students there and so much of our research money is dependent on China. This, this isn't a problem that is far away. It's a problem that affects every American every day. The Chinese Communist Party, and he wants to change the way America lives. We simply can't let that happen. No, amen to that. We have legislation working down in the state of Oklahoma right now regarding the uh, Chinese government in owning farming land. I know that's a major, major issue that the Department of Agriculture is also working on. Is that a threat that we need to be concerned about right now as well, do you think? Every place that China can get inside of our country and manipulate and propagandize presents risk. So, yes. Not only are they buying farmland, uh, which impacts food and security, but you should note the places they're trying to buy that land are often near American national security facilities. Think places like Fort Riley or uh, Fort Benning or uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, imagine just for a second, by the way, this is how foolish this is. Imagine for a second that, Andy, that you or someone on your listening to your show said, I'm going to go buy some land in China near a Chinese military facility. <laughs> Right, right. No, you laugh because it's it's ludicrous that they wouldn't permit it to happen. And yet the United States, we've turned the other cheek. We've allowed the Chinese communists uh, to run us over. They've destroyed hundreds of thousands of American jobs, uh, good aerospace manufacturing jobs, good agriculture jobs. We can't let that keep happening. We we know how to fix these things. Uh, I worked on that in the Trump administration. There's an awful lot left to do. It's going to take a conservative president six, eight years to go get that completely right and keep us safe and secure and prosperous here at home. Yeah, it's a work in progress. We're talking with former Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo, also author of the book, The Never Give an Inch of Fighting for the America I Love. Uh, Mr. Secretary, I have to ask you, obviously, with it being in the news lately, how many classified documents do you have in your uh, garage next to your Corvette? <laughs> well, I think it's zero, and I can assure you I don't have a Corvette. <laughs> there is that. Uh, this is madness. We've never seen this before. We had the Obama administration that had massive amounts of documents come home with them. Obviously, Joe Biden, as vice president, had massive amounts of documents come home with him, many of them classified. When did this become an issue all of a sudden when the Trump administration was working with the National Archives on what was okay, what was not okay, put additional security measures on the documents he had, and then still get a raid from the FBI to come in and take everything and talk about how evil he is for taking these documents home? Oh, goodness. Well, I have a couple thoughts. Um, I dealt with and maybe hundreds of thousands of classified documents when I served on the Benghazi Committee, when I served on the House Intelligence Committee, and then SCI Director and Secretary of State. So I know this issue. Um, I had a secure facility in my home. There were secure documents 
or classified documents in that secured facility in a safe inside that secure room. I don't know how these documents got to these places. We need to get to the bottom of that. By the way, we should do it in a way that is not political, whether they got there uh, from Vice President Pence or President Biden or President Trump or whomever. We all have, those of us dealing with classified information, have a responsibility to protect this information. And so there's still a lot to know. Last thought, we need to make sure that they don't just raid and conduct searches against one party. That, that's just indecent. It's political. It's it's weaponizing our intelligence and collection agencies. Um, having led the Central Intelligence Agency, I never permitted that to happen. I was doing America's work, not the Republican Party's work, but the American people's work. The Justice Department needs to behave that way, and the FBI needs to behave that way every day and always. There it is. That's Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State for the United States, also former CIA director and former congressman from right here in Kansas, where I hail with our flagship radio station. His latest book, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. Now, that's not the entire interview. We can't air the entire interview because we run out of time and I don't have enough time to air it. There's another good six, seven, eight minutes to that. So if you want to hear the rest of it, which I highly recommend, then once the show is over, we're going to have it as a special feature as an additional podcast download. You can find it on our uh, podcast for The Voice Reason. On any podcasting site, just search for The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You can find it. We'll have that as a special feature, and you can download and listen to that specific interview in its entirety. No edits, no nothing else from Mike Pompeo, the man himself. We appreciate his time very, very much, giving us as much time as he did. That's awesome with his new book, Never Given. And he also drops in, if you notice some hints in there, need a conservative president to reverse some of the Biden administration. He's still rumored to throw his head in for president of the United States in 2024. Will he? I ask him that question. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome in 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. It is a Friday, so happy Friday to you. Moving through, getting you set for the weekend. Any big plans? It is still the end of January, so I'm sure it's relatively cold wherever you're at. I know we're here in Kansas where I'm hailing out of with our flagship station. We have a bit of a freeze going on this weekend, which... I still have to take uh, down the Christmas lights on the top of the house. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. Haven't wanted to do that. I've been so busy on the weekends, I haven't had time to do it. And now it's going to be freezing cold. I don't know that I want to this weekend. Might just leave them up. Why not? I mean, part of them are green, which means aren't they semi-relative for uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up in March? I think they're relatively appropriate. I just have to win the wife over with that argument as well. Because, by golly, I am the man of the house. I tell her what's going on in that house. I tell her what's up. I rule that roost when she allows me to do so. Hey, I may be young, and I may only have been married for 10 years, but I've learned that lesson relatively quickly. Welcome back into the program. Thanks again to Mike Pompeo, former U.S. Secretary of State, coming on the program again. We did not get to air the entire interview for that. So if you want to uh, listen to the entire thing, which I highly recommend, we get into a lot of really cool stuff with that interview the further on it goes. I was going to air a part two, but 
why not? I mean, most people are listening to stuff on podcasts anyway, so we uploaded it as a special feature. You'll have the full extended, unedited interview uh, that's about 20 minutes long, 15, 20 minutes long, that you can listen to, and it'll be on our podcasting site shortly after the program is done, which you can find on any favorite podcasting site from Amazon Music to Spotify to iTunes to iHeartMusic to TuneIn, whatever you listen to, whatever your flavor is that you like you can find it just search the voice of reason with andy hoosier subscribe you can get our daily show whenever we're done here it uploads there also our special features for the full-length interviews that we don't get to air the entire thing for on this program really quickly let's get into what's trending here What's trending today? So the elections were held today. Ronna McDaniel wins re-election as the unprecedented fourth term chairing the Republican National Committee. That headline from Fox News today. Congratulations to Ronna. Here's the big question is, is she the conservative that's needed to lead the party, to lead the RNC, to get ready for another election, and to steer the party in a PR campaign that we need to have that leads us towards letting people know exactly what the Republican Party stands for? It's been an ongoing battle since we don't have the media on our side. Uh, I don't have time. We might play a little bit of it today. Uh, Ted Cruz spoke, and it was a phenomenal speech as we talk about the debt ceiling. Uh, Him and Rand Paul together were rocking that one, saying that we're not going to raise spending. We really do not want to raise the debt ceiling at all, and it's a great way for us to start cutting back on spending. We'll probably do that next week and talk about the debt ceiling a little bit more, but that's the messaging we need because he was very clear during his speech. He said, Let's be clear. Republicans do not want to default on the government spending. The Republicans do not want to default on the debts in this nation and our obligations. That is not the point, and we will not allow that to happen. That, my friends, has been the one and only campaign tactic from the Biden administration from the Democrats as well. They don't want to raise the debt ceiling to let us spend all we want to. No, no. You just need to reappropriate it in a manner to actually pay our debts. Whatever has to be cut or sacrificed in there, then so be it. Because guess what? That is how we handle a budget. That's how you handle a budget for your personal level as well. So, Ronna McDaniel, is she the right one to run the RNC with ongoing debates like this, where this will probably be one of the toughest years uh, for Republicans as only controlling one branch or one portion of a branch with the House of Representatives? The other question is, is it was kind of fascinating yesterday, Ron DeSantis, governor for Florida, also came out and said it was a time for le- uh, leadership change in the Republican Party and the RNC, not endorsing Ronna McDaniel, which now that she is going to be the chair for the RNC again, if uh, Ron DeSantis is looking for a potential presidential bid and throwing his head in the ring, the question is going to clash from that because he is a relatively strong challenger. I would think he'd be a relatively strong contender for it. But will the RNC put as much effort into him now that he spoke out against McDaniel going into that election? That'd be an interesting one. All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit here, get away from politics for just a moment with a story about the after when we come back here on The Voice of Reason with Vincent Tolman. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. 
Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Friday. I'm going to step away from politics for just a moment here. Really happy to have this next guest on the program as we talk about things other than just bitterly uh, divisive politics, but uh, kind of an interesting topic as we talk about spirituality, we talk about religion, we talk about morality, ways to hold on to the family units and such. And a fascinating book has come across here. We had to get him on the program. Really happy to have on. He is the author of the book, The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back. As he's been there and come back, it is Vincent Tolman on the line with us here. Vincent, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy. How you doing? I am great. I appreciate you coming on the program. What a story you have. I've been reading through your book and obviously being appropriate for 20 years after your incident, but uh, going to the other side, visiting and seeing and witnessing the things that you did, um, I'm sure it's changed your life, and I want to get into that here in just a moment. But we got to start at the beginning here. I have to ask, how in the world did you end up dead, uh, technically dead, in a public venue for 30 minutes before they tried to bring you back? Talk about your story here. Yeah, so um, I ended up taking a, a new supplement that, that was new in the industry at the time, and it was very popular, so it sold out everywhere. We purchased some online from Thailand. And when it came, we didn't realize that it was a 100% solution. And what we were using in the United States was a 5% solution. So Ooh. me and a buddy of mine, we both took it. And right off the bat, we knew it was toxic. So we thought, hey, let's go get something to eat. Maybe that's going to make us feel better. We headed down to a little burger joint down the street. and But my buddy made it through the front door, collapsed on the booth, and started to vomit. Mm-hmm. I made it into the restroom and locked the door. And I collapsed and started to vomit. My problem is I collapsed and fell on my back. So I ended up aspirating. Meanwhile, my buddy, he, he collapsed on his stomach on the booth and they, you know, they called 911, hauled him away, but nobody knew I was in that bathroom. And, and close to about 45 minutes to an hour later, um, a customer kept asking to use the restroom. Finally, the manager went and opened that bathroom door and he finds a dead body on the ground and, and he, he can't believe he, he, he almost started to vomit himself. Uh, he's like, oh my gosh, not another one. And so he called 911 and got an amb- another ambulance there. And this team, they, they tried to work on the body for a few minutes, but nothing responded. No heartbeat, nothing. And so they did pronounce the body dead. You were clinically dead in the then. body bag. Yeah. yeah, clinically dead. They body bagged me and, and put me in the back of the ambulance. And meanwhile, they had a bunch of paperwork to do because they, they found a dead body. And without, you know, without cause, they just, other than asphyxiation or suffocation. So they knew to, to do all the paperwork. It took them quite a while to do all the paperwork. It took about another 30, 45 minutes to do all the paperwork, have all the witnesses sign their sheets. They had a police officer show up and he signed some paperwork. And then um, off they go to turn the body into the medical examiner. Now at this point, I'm dead at least an hour, maybe up to two hours at this point. And, um, in the back of that ambulance, there's a rookie. This rookie has been watching everything and he feels dismayed that he couldn't make a difference for this dead guy. And, uh, he feels this premonition an inspiration, whatever you want to call it. And he feels God tell him this one's not dead. And so he, he takes action on that. He unzips the body bag. And even though he could have been fired for it, he, he began attempting additional resuscitation more than what the original two veterans had done. And uh, after the, the, the third round of shock, he got a, a steady heartbeat to start in the body, which that's a miracle in itself and, and a miracle that he listened to that intuition. And, and, and the other miracle is they did this a half block away from a hospital 
a trauma center that had fully staffed uh, specialists to take care of this dead body so that they could bring it all back to life. So there was a whole team there ready to bring the body back to life as soon as it started, started the heart back up. That is fascinating. The first question that I have is not only did, like you said, the divine intervention to make him want to try this, which is, you know, beyond belief already, but then, uh, I mean, just the potential brain damage you could have had without the lack of oxygen, without the blood flow across the body. It's, it's astounding to see kind of the, the state that you came in afterwards. Yeah. And, and, you know, clinically there was no brain damage. Uh, I went through a lot of tests to prove that. Um, now my teenage daughter might want to argue that, but, uh, but I, I feel there was no brain damage. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. But I'll tell you, you know, the one thing I did have as a, a, a symptom of all of this is when the body did first come back, uh, it went into all these seizures. And during those seizures, I hyperfractured um, almost all my molars in my mouth. Ooh. So over the next few years, over the next 10 years, the, my, one at a time, each one of my molars just crumbled. And just kind of came apart, so I had to slowly and and uh, eventually replace all my molars. Other than that, not really any residual effects, other than the the occasional brain deadness when I'm talking to my teenage daughter. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, wow, <laughs> uh, that is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Now let's get into the crazy part of this: is while this had happened, and while you had been clinically dead for this amount of time, whether it was thirty minutes up to two hours, however long this was, uh, obviously you've seen something from that other side. Talk about your experience. So my first thing that I witnessed is, is as I turned away from what was going on around the body at the hospital, because I was watching everything from above, um, I turned away from that and I started to feel all this warmth and love coming from behind me. So I turned towards that and I saw a man, a, a gentleman, all dressed in white, long white beard, long white hair. And my first thought was, this must be God. And he kind of laughed. He said, no, son, I'm not God, but I'm here. I'm your guide. I'm here to help you go wherever you want to go. I'm going to help you go uh, back to your body if that's what you'd like, or I can help you go wherever you want to go. And I told him, I said, well, wherever that love that's coming off of you is coming from, that's where I want to go. I want to go wherever you're going. And so uh, he, he explained to me that where he was from is our real home. And that was my home originally. And I could go back to my home if I wanted to. So we, be, we began that journey, which it was quite a journey. Yeah. I, I pulled out my um, evangelical Christian card and I said, oh, I have my, I have my backdoor pass to heaven. So here it is. Let, you know, let me in. Yeah. And he, he kind of laughed at that. He's like, it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, so, just real quickly, I don't, don't want to interrupt you here real quickly, but I, I got to ask just as the background for the listeners to understand. So you came into this experience with having the background in evangelical Christian faith, correct? Yes, absolutely. I was raised that way. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you there, but uh, I, I think that was important. So when did you start seeing the individual? When did you start hovering over your body? Was it while you were in the bathroom or once you were into the EMS? It was. So as soon as the room started to spin on me and I blacked out, I blacked out on the floor. The next thing I could perceive was watching, watching everything happen from above. Wow. So literally I started watching everything from above, but I didn't know it was me. The weirdest thing and and I know this is hard for probably some of your listeners to understand, but I didn't know it was me that I was watching, even though it was dressed like me, it looked like me, me was up here watching everything. So it couldn't be me. Mm. It had to be someone who looked like me. Um, and, you know, it, as odd as that is to say, that's what I believe. I didn't know it was my own death I was watching. I thought it was completely external to me, outside of me, you know? 
So it took me a while until they actually uh, resuscitated the body and they were turning into the hospital at the, the ER when they strapped the body down in the middle of one of its seizures. That's when I realized it was me because I felt them restraining me where I was up here watching everything. That was the first inkling that I had that everything I'd been participating and witnessing of was my own death. And, and how profound is that? Like, where does your mind go when that happens? Well, my mind went to this extremely fearful place. And what pulled me out of that was this loving presence behind me. And I turned around to see it and see this gentleman. And it was this, there. this gentleman, my guide. So the, the spirit guide, guardian angel, whatever you want to call this, uh, ended up leading you away from the body and showing you around, kind of giving you a tour of the other side then. Yeah, absolutely. He, he let me see a lot of things. It was really funny. I, I have a very inquisitive brain and mind, and I always have. So I wanted to see everything. I just wanted to see the vastness of the cosmos. And is there really this type of being? Is there really this type of being? Is there really this? And it was like, you know what, if, if, if you can think it, there's, there's a likely chance that that existence is there somewhere. And, and I, I was able to see the just vastness of the cosmos and how the, all of creation is so vast, so bigger than our brains can comprehend, that we have to step outside the physical brain to actually understand and comprehend how large life is, how large life really is in, this, in the universe. And um, that was a, an amazing thing for me to get a grasp of, of how much life is out there and how life persists in all the different, you know, wild and foreign places of, of creation and how all of these different life forms, they look to us as, as the kings and queens because we are the gathering. We are the gathering of all the creation and we're put into one, one test, you know, one one experiment, uh, the human experiment here that um, that we get to experience here. We're a gathering of all of the creations of, of the Creator, and we're put into to mankind here. That's what we are. That's why they all kind of look to us and want to watch us and see what we're doing. Because kind of what we do is is a is in essence of what's going to end up happening to the whole universe. All right, that was Vincent Tolman, author of the book, The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back. Can you imagine being dead for two hours, two hours, and then being resuscitated and coming back and seeing that other side there? So again, uh, we recorded that one that was way longer than what we can air on the program here, which means we will upload that one, not just as a podcast, but also for our Patreon supporters. If you are a Patreon supporter, which you can find on Patreon at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier, you can also be a subscriber there and get a full link to that one because that one's like another 15 minutes as well for that one. A fascinating story and so many things I wanted to ask him that I didn't get a chance to ask him because he was short on time as well. But man, what a journey. Now, for those that may be uh, sitting there questioning, wait a second, hold on here. This is a very fascinating one. And where does this fit in with the religious views? Let's talk about that when we come back because we have some fun here on a Friday getting you set for the weekend we'll talk about some of the shenanigans going on in the middle east right now in israel how that ties into some of this as well as we continue to fight for our values and our morals here on the home front this is the voice reason for a friday stay right here this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a Friday. Boy, what a program we've had. Mike Pompeo, former U.S. Secretary of State, on the program earlier. If you want to hear that full interview, you can hear it on the podcast as we were able to play uh, the majority of the episode here of that interview, but wasn't able to fit all that it went in. Also, I got some messages during the break saying, Andy, wait a second, how do I sign up for a Patreon? Uh, so here's what's going to happen is we have our Patreon site, which you can go to patreon.com. If you don't know what that is, it's a site where small business people or just people that do side projects, whatever, can have subscribers. Usually it's for like YouTubers and for people to do like social media stuff where you can subscribe, become a paying member, and then get the nice little benefits and perks. So here's what's going to happen is we have our Patreon site. You can go to Patreon.com and you can find the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I believe it's Patreon.com slash Hoosier Reason, as we have with all of our other social media. And you can subscribe and you can get first access to that. Now, for those that don't have that nor want to financially contribute, that's fine. I mean, we're not trying to ask you to do that. We will upload that full interview with Vincent Tolman that we just did, which is about 20, 25 minutes long. We will upload that in its entirety on our podcast as well as another special feature. Uh, but if you're a Patreon member, you just get first access. We'll probably upload it sometime next week or something to where you can have full access and listen to it. But for the ones that do financially support, which we have a few of those, and we thank you for that graciously, we love you to death, then you can go and get first hit on those. Also, as we are working on some more of our Voice of Reason cheesy infomercials and satire bits that we have, uh, the Patreon supporters also get first hits on those before we even air those on the radio as well. So kind of some fun little perks. We'll also be doing some other goodies as the year progresses as well. Regarding the conversation that Vincent had, kind of a fascinating one, isn't it? And it's something hard to wrap your brain around sometimes thinking about the other side. First off, being dead for two hours is just kind of weird and insane. But then the whole religious aspect comes into play. What is over there? And are you sure of what's on the other side there? And isn't it like scary but yet exciting all at the same time is kind of the feelings that I have with it. And as he had mentioned, now this is an individual who grew up as a uh, as a Christian, as a very uh, very faithful individual. And uh, that's not the experience that he had. What does that mean? Kind of interesting. Uh, here's my personal take. You can like it, dislike it. I don't really care as I have my strong Christian faith and I don't care what anybody sells about it. I have my faith and that's the way I stick to it. But... On the other hand, I don't judge nor care what anybody else believes either. I don't care if there is someone else with a different faith somewhere out there because obviously you're never going to get everybody to believe in one singular thing. <laughs> you can't even get one town to believe in one singular thing when it comes to politics. Good luck with getting everybody in the entire world to believe in the same religious views as yourself. It's never going to happen, and I love everybody to death and respect them all for whatever they believe in. All the kudos and power to you on whatever that is. The intolerance of other individuals political views or uh, religious views or or gender views or whatever else i don't really care all the identity politics crap the other side tries to throw at us for the conquer and divide is really what's leading the devastation of this nation and around the world we saw the headline from the jerusalem post just today where there's another after the uh, after the announcement of benjamin netanyahu becoming prime minister again for israel and having a more conservative government which everybody's criticizing him for because he's gone so far right and how he's back in control again and how we don't like benjamin netanyahu because the jews are back in control there again that's i mean there are some that are losing their minds over him and i say bravo because i'm a big fan personally of benjamin netanyahu well i don't know if you've heard but there was another terrorist attack on a synagogue killing and uh leaving seven dead and three injured as i'm trying to find alcam kairi i don't know how to pronounce those not even going to try alcam 
was a terrorist identified in the East Jerusalem shooting where he walked into a synagogue and shooting it up, killing seven, injuring three. The 21-year-old had no connections to a terrorist organization prior to the shooting. As he attempted to flee from the scene by the car, he ended up going into Israeli police officers and firing upon them. They fired back and ended up killing the individual, which, take it as you may, because of political extremism, not liking Benjamin Netanyahu, or uh, just being the religious fanatics and not liking one religion or another, uh, we can see where a lot of the hate breeds from around the world, and it's sad and it's unfortunate, and we pray for everybody that's involved with that. Regardless of whatever your political flavors are or your religious flavors are, we still love you to death. I want to be able to spar and have some fun and debate and discuss on this program because as we talk about reason, common sense, rationale, then again, I've said it so many times before, I can respect the hell out of you if you know, I can at least understand the thought process that go, goes into a belief. If you just say it on a whim because of a 130-character tweet, then I don't have a whole lot of respect for that. On that note, what a show, man. Flew right on by. Back at it next week. We have a loaded show for you on Monday. U.S. Senator Roger Marshall joining us to talk about a term limits bill in D.C. Until then, we're back at it on Monday as usual. But be your own catalyst for change. Be your own voice reason in your own community. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay warm out there. It's time for you to speak up. Speak out. Speak loud. Speak proud. Speak the truth. And always speak some reason. This is the Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.